Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Everybody, welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me from New York City, yes, the Big Apple, Michelle Yu, just arrived there. She hops right on the podcast, and we have a really special guest we're going to get to right away. Michelle, what do you think about that? I'm so excited. Uh, our guest is one of my dearest friends, and even though he's important this upcoming weekend, he is also a horse owner. Thank you very much, or at least was at one time. <laughs> All right, our guest is the Chief Revenue Officer and President of Naira Bets. That is Tony Alavado. Tony, thank you for coming on uh, the show tonight. I know you have a very busy weekend in store. Oh, I'm so excited to be on the show. Thanks, you guys. Is that true? <laughs> Of course. I've been trying to get on this podcast for like two years. Yeah, you, Michelle, I will say that Tony has talked to me about it before, and I think he might be telling the truth. He said, I'll never come on that podcast. No, I said, when are you going to put me on? When are you going to put me on? So it's, a, it's an honor. Well, it, it, it is a privilege. For... The biggest, I, I'm going to sing your praise. You guys are two of the biggest supporters uh, that I've ever met if, if you know, people can capture just an ounce of that enthusiasm that you guys have for the game. You know, it's, we're going to go very far. Well, I appreciate Aww, it. Appreciate that's it. Nice. That's very nice. Well, Tony, let's let's kick it off. Um, let's talk about the thing that everybody's going to want to talk about, unfortunately, and that is this crazy weather situation uh we talked a little bit off air you said you didn't predict this one you you wouldn't have have bet this in, in probably a million years but what is the current status i've been watching espn today they're talking about it give us a little scoop on what exactly is happening in new york city well you know it's a crazy situation um on wednesday i got a call from someone saying hey you know is there any chance you guys are going to cancel racing tomorrow and, and I, I was in my car and I laughed I said no it's, there's no chance it's like a little bit it looks like it's hazy out an hour later I walked out of my office and you would have thought it was like end of days you know the apocalypse is coming yeah it was like nothing you'd ever seen and like I, being from Southern California we've had a lot of brush fires out there we've mm -hmm. all experienced it I've even you know you've gone out there and you've seen the ash on your car it was nothing like this just in terms of the air and what it was like, it was just, it was wild. So, um, you know, we, you know, with the entire industry and with, you know, especially here in New York, we put the safety of the horses and the jockeys and our patrons first. And it was just a situation where it, it didn't make sense to a train on Thursday morning, uh, and be race in the afternoon. So we, we, it just made the most sense based off of the, uh, the air quality index to not run and and you know you know push push forward and hopefully be able to run on friday and saturday and sunday yeah, you know, it, it's crazy. We, we, Michelle and I, I mean, Michelle's there now, but I, I've only seen pictures and, it, and it's absolutely wild. And, I, you know, I, I think with everything that horse racing is going through right now as a whole, and we can talk, we're not going to get into the Churchill Down situation and all the rest of the Michigash, if, if you don't mind me uh, saying so. Is it Michigash? I thought it was Michigas. It's Michigash. Oh, my bad. There was a horse name in that. Yes. Um, but so, wait, wait. Now that we've got all the doom and gloom out of the way, can yeah. we talk about the excitement of the festival this well, weekend? Well, hold on. I want to hear this question. Go ahead. Yeah, Go ahead. no. I No, I, what I wanted to say was, you know, there's there's pressures. There's, there's 
external pressures nowadays with what we deal with, uh, social media, the media in general, and how much comes comes down on you, Tony? You're one of the decision makers. And how do you put that all on a plate and say, okay, guys, this is what we need to do? Sometimes I think you have to just take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And, you know, probably a year ago, two years ago, we would have raced today. And today was much, much better than it was yesterday. Right. And we would have, we would have raced. And, but the problem is that when you've got sporting events canceling all over the place, if you run and God forbid something were to happen unrelated to the air quality situation, it's just, it's such a bad look for the sport at a time when we can't afford to have another black guy. So at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's one day of racing Let's just let's really err on the side of caution, and and I, I don't think I don't think there's any regrets in terms of what we did. Um, it ended up being not as bad as we anticipated, but it still was the right thing to do. Absolutely, Michelle. I know you have questions. Well, Tony, I think that um, following you, obviously, throughout the the last decade plus uh, that we have been involved together, I feel like big events follow you or are attracted to you and you've done so many game-changing things for the sport behind the scenes I think people don't even realize going into this weekend can you just explain to us kind of like the monumental shift that we're going to see now um having the last leg of the triple crown on a different network than what we've been used to and what you expect for this weekend Uh, thanks Michelle I've been fortunate to work in um some uh places that were you know uh the equivalent of startups or I've been, I've been in a really good, really good environments and had really incredible teams that I worked with. You know, first at at Hollywood Park back in the day for a gentleman mm-hmm. named R.D. Hubbard, and then at TVG, you know, the, the first production hire there, and um, and even at my short stint at the NFL Network, and then at Naira. And you know, we've you know we we were late on the into the game on the ADW side, and. Um, but we, you know, Naira is a not-for-profit, so it was very important for us to have an ADW business that would put more money back into New York racing. But we knew at a late entrant that we were up against it. We were 14 years behind TVG, ExpressBet, and Twin Spires. So the only way we could really make it work from a marketing standpoint was if we had some type of a TV strategy, which obviously worked well with my background. So we went to Fox. We started doing some shows with them. We did like 80 hours the first year. We're up to 1,200 hours a year now. And then you fast forward to, uh, and the, the shows were used to promote the ADW, and we've got a, a good business there, and it's giving back more to New York uh, or to New York racing, which is great. Fast forward now, the, the triple, rights, uh, triple Crown rights came up from a TV standpoint, and we had a great relationship with NBC. We tried to work out a deal with them. Uh, but ultimately, we were just lured to... Um, Fox and the strategy that they were bringing in, you know, Fox is really about celebrating the sport and they're really about celebrating big events and they are going all out with the Belmont this year. If you look at what they're doing, they're going to do with uh, almost like what you've seen on ESPN with Monday Night Football with the Manning cast. Yeah. They've got two shows going on at the same time. 
Oh, very cool. I'll let you clear your throat because I I, yeah. I can tell it's it's got to be the, it's the smoke. Yeah, it's the smoke in the I'm area. So excited. I'm getting choked up with you guys. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Hey, hey, Tony, while mm -hmm. while you're doing that, I mean, I, I know that one of the main excitement is bringing a guy by the name of Tom Durkin back in. Can you tell us a little bit about how that happened? Uh, say that again, Billy, what happened? I said, uh, tell me a little bit about how Tom Durkin got brought back to Naira, which is Michelle and I did. Mike Mulvihill, yeah. I mean, we, we love the guy. So Mike Mulvihill is an executive at Fox, big supporter of horse racing. One of the main reasons why we've been able to work uh, the deals that we've had with Fox. Came to me in August and said, hey, you know, what do you think of Tom Durkin calling the Belmont? And I thought, well, there's no shot. <laughs> yeah, he's and done. Literally. Yeah, zero. He's not called the race in like 10 years. But, you know, they say it never hurts to ask. So Tom, you know, lives in Saratoga. I approached him, and he was actually open to the idea. And, um, you know, he agreed to come on. I feel kind of bad because the one thing I sold him on, you know, Tom was never about calling races. He had anxiety issues. Yes. With having to call the and I said to him, I said, Tom, look, the great thing about Belmont Day is we have so many great ones, and they're all like five and six horse fields. Right. So you have nothing to worry about. Well, now fast forward to this year, the first race he's covering on Saturday is the Jiper. It's got 14. Six furlongs, 14 <laughs> 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 Oh, that's great. That's great. What oh was it when, when you talked to him? Like, what was you said? Did he did he was he right away or was he like, no, nah, Tony, I'm done with that. It's not how how was the no, conversation? I was really opened the idea immediately. I wow, was, I was completely blown away, and you know he's just a legend. He really is. Do you and, have a Do you have a favorite Tom Durkin call? Oh my! Michelle God. and I talked I about it last it. week. You know, I, I, the, you know, then uh, probably the cigar call. I think yes. Was, was my favorite call with him and um you know that was <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it was there's just so many of them and look and i and i grew up in southern california i'm a trevor Dem guy so to me they're like the one in the one a uh i i just think they're they're both just uh amazing amazing race callers and you know for fox to be able to get tom durkin immediately Established like a credibility factor sure. for them coming in and doing and doing the shows, and you know it's not going to be easy following in the footsteps of, of NBC. I mean they've 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 done it for a while. They've got it down. They really, you watch their shows. They don't have they don't make many mistakes. And you know I don't I think it's you know year one's going to be tough for Fox from a production standpoint. But they've sent out their A team, the um, Bill Richards, who produces the pregame show on and Sundays for NFL on Fox. You know, it's a show that gets regularly over 10 million viewers that are watching. Wow. Uh, Kurt Menefee's here. Pete Machesca uh, is a, a coordinating producer on the show with a guy named Matt Gangle who's directing. They, they've done like 30 World Series between wow. the two of them. So they are sending out the A-Team. It's an unbelievable production. They're going all in. And at the same time, on FS1, there's going to be the, our normal Day at the Races show. Uh, that you see with the, the normal team of Lafitte Pinkai and and uh, you know Gary Stevens and the, and Jonathan Kinchin and the likes of them. So it, it, we're we're excited. I think it's a really great opportunity. I think it's great to have two networks in horse racing, and it's something that we haven't had in quite a while. And I think that it's it's going to create some competition. And I think that they're going to push each other. And I think it's it can only help 
horse racing. So I, I, I personally, I know it's been a tough year for the sport, um, but I, I will say this. I think with, with sports betting, you know, sweeping across the country, I think this is the greatest opportunity that horse racing has had in decades. And with all the TV coverage we have between NBC, Fox, uh, even, you know, FanDuel TV, I think that we can really, we have an opportunity to capture a new set of fans and get them interested from a gambling standpoint. And then I think they can convert to owner owners and fans. And that's the ultimate goal of what we try to do. Look, we, our goal is not to get everybody to bet on our bets. Our goal is to get people to go to the races. And if we can get people to go to the races that then we know the sport's going to survive and it's going to grow. And that's the beauty of, you know, one of the things I'm most proud about at working at Naira is the fact that it's a not-for-profit. And many times in my career, especially at TVG as a startup, there were so many times where it felt like the plug was going to get pulled and, you know, we were, we were all going we to be out of business. To work at Naira and, and to be at a place where, you know, it's really about seeing the sport grow and, you know, doing things that are going to benefit us long-term, not just what's going to make us a dollar today. It's been really refreshing. And I think that we're going to hopefully going to see some payoff for that. Yeah. Tony Alivato joining us on the owner's box. Tony, interesting. I'm curious, how involved are you in the the day-to-day production of what's going on specifically for this weekend? And my question, the reason I'm asking that question is you have a lot of people who might, maybe they've covered horse racing once or twice, but it's a whole different thing. And there are challenges. You know, so one of the things that I've tried to do is, you know, I've been involved in horse racing and sports television for my entire career, but you can't ask to have new people and new ideas and then be right in the middle of it and and get in the way. So what I've tried to do is really just help um, Fox from going down maybe a path that's the wrong path to go down and just stay out of the way of the creative juices that are, you know, uh, flowing and we just give them a little bit of you know maybe this is a better way to do it or this is a good way to do it but i really want them to be able to do what they're doing and, and we're seeing some of that and they just need help like in terms of sometimes it's you know things like understanding that you're not going to get into the barns the day of the race and right you know, have a camera right next to you know the, you can't, you to, can't ride for day. <laughs> <laughs> well it's not that bad, i have you know just little things like that and so for me it's really about you know helping them in terms of understanding and what you know, what what the things that need to be in the show, uh, but really just kind of letting them do their thing because, you know, otherwise it's it's going to be the same old thing and we don't want that. Yeah, of course we don't. Uh, but you know, one of the one of the criticisms that I've heard a lot when you see horse racing come onto the national stage is that a lot of times the broadcasters or the producers or whoever's in charge tends to focus on the negatives. Um, whether it's suspensions or injuries or whatever it is, how do we, and I, I realize that people, you know, they want to talk about that and that's at the forefront and, and, and that's, uh, being transparent. I get that, but how do we kind of tell these guys, Hey, let's talk about positive stuff. Let's talk about aftercare. Let's talk about the beauty, the pageantry. Let's talk about secretariat. Let's yeah. How do we do that, Tony? So, I mean, that's a great question, Billy, and, and it's one of the things that drew us to Fox, because Fox is all about celebrating the sport, and that's a big thing for them. They, you know, their their philosophy is that people watch sports as an escape from the other things that are going on in, in our lives, and um, 
they're looking for positive stories. It doesn't mean they're going to hide from breaking news, but it's there's just two ways to cover a story. And I'll give you a perfect example. You know, we've seen a lot of scratches, you know, day of scratches. And as an owner, mm-hmm. I'm sure you, you yep. can relate. It's tough. Absolutely. You scratch the day of the race. And, you know, on Derby Day, on, at the Derby, we had a lot of horses that were scratched. In the media, and I don't think it was just on NBC, that was portrayed as a negative thing. But in reality, it's it was a way of saying, look, the system is working. There's yep. horses that would have run years ago that are no longer running. And there's just kind of sometimes there's two ways to tell the story. There's a there's a, a way to put a positive spin on it, and there's a way to put a negative spin on it. And unfortunately, in racing, all of us, and and including some of the people in the media, find a way to put a negative spin on things. And mm-hmm. look. You know, people criticize us for not running today, but, you know, in, and maybe rightfully so, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think the positive thing to look through at it is that we, you know, we did the right thing and we avoided having something bad happen. There was more to lose by running today than, than the game. So I think that in general, when you, when you look at Fox, their approach is going to be very, very different. They're focusing on, on the event celebrating secretariat um and when you talk about aftercare you know it's the subtle things that you can do to show people that people that we care about these horses and for example uh fox is going to show that there's two living children of secretariat which to me is amazing as we're in racing and i never would have thought that's wild are you shocked like and you know, one of them's 34, and the other one is 30 something. I don't know. And so we got video of, of them just grazing out in the field, and it's it's great. Like that's the kind of thing that just it's it's not in your face, but people watching will see that. Look, these horses are taken care of after yeah. they they go, and how much we we care about them. And and I think that Fox is really trying to trying to capture that. So, but we can always do more, and we can get better. And then, and look at the the sport is sometimes guilty of uh, self-inflicted wounds. So it's not like we're, we're innocent in all this and we can, we can do a better job. And I think that's, that's the goal, but look, it's a sport that we love. And, um, you know, I, I always say, uh, you know, everything I have, I owe to horse racing and I cursed the day I got into it. <laughs> but then I, left, I, I left, I left the sport to go work for the NFL and I thought, you know, this is my last stop. I'm going to go work for the NFL. And a year later I was back in horse racing. I just, I, I, there's, there's something about it that I love. I mean, there's, there's so many great people. There's so many great stories. I mean, with every horse in a race, there's the horse, there's the owner or owners, there's the trainer, there's the jockey, there's the groom, there's the hot walker, there's the betting angle. Like that's one horse in a right. race, all those stories. And I think that's what makes our sport so great. And when you look at the negatives of our sport in the past, from a fan engagement standpoint, it used to be that you brought, if you brought someone in their 20s to the racetrack and they looked at a program and they saw a name that they liked and they walked up to the window and they bet that horse, now they had 28 minutes of nothing to do while yeah. they waited for the race to go off. And now with social media, it's, it, there's a great social aspect of sport to the sport that we haven't tapped into. I mean, people go to dinner and they're taking pictures of the plate of food that there's that's in front of them, <laughs> and the drink that they ordered, and, and the menu. And, right. You know, I think Tony's so making fun so of me because this is eating dinner with me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Billy, like there's just so much in the show. There's like so there's so much that's going on at the track that it, there's now that time between races can be an asset, and that that wasn't there before. So. 
I think we just need to figure out a way to get everybody on the same page, get us all rolling in the same direction. And ultimately we're going to, we're, we can increase the fan base. That's going to lead to more dollars being bad. It's also going to lead in to, um, to more people wanting to work in the industry and it's going to lead to more ownership. And I think that's what we're really trying to do. Yeah. You know, Tony, you, you, the last thing you said is about ownership and this is called the owner's box. And historically speaking, we've done hundreds of shows and most of the time we have owners and you've been an owner. And I know Michelle wants to get a little bit into that with you. Uh, Michelle, go ahead. I just want to know, Tony, what it's going to take for you to be an owner again. (laughs) You know, so when I, uh, the first horse I owned was uh, a Calbred, I believe, uh, named Speedy Pick. I remember that horse. horse I remember him and his yellow silk. I remember. I was probably on, you know, wait, before you get into that story, Tony, you need to tell people that I was the, you know, basically the superstar of Hollywood Park today with Mike Wilman and Kurt Hoover. You were, you were amazing. Like you had a. You had a career in television if you wanted to go down that route, but you were smart enough to stay away from it. I wish I would have just followed you and tried to ride your coach. <laughs> I was I was Michelle Yu before Michelle Yu, in my mind. There could never be two Michelle Yu's. <laughs> okay, go back to ownership. So I basically, you know, the first horse I ever owned, I claimed the horse with a, a James Chat, uh, James Chat, James Kasparov. Kasparov. Yes. And, um, his brother worked at uh, TVG uh, on the shows and claimed this horse. I believe the horse was an eight or $10,000 claim. I, I can't remember. And, um, and the horse said, was the son of Bertrando. I'd run in, had run in the Pacific classic, obviously was not the same horse that he had been at one point. And um, Martin Panza wrote a eight or $10,000 mile and a quarter dirt race at Hollywood Park, probably the only time <laughs> in about a 30 year span yes. that race has been. 100%. And so it was, a, it was a Friday night, and Speedy Pick ran in the race. The horse got bet down at eight to five, at 75 people come out to the races. It was like like the equivalent of like my wedding, basically. Yes. Everybody I knew was there, and it, and it was the first race I ever had an ownership of. And the horse won by like five lengths. That's awesome. And I remember thinking, this is so easy. <laughs> and, I didn't win, and I didn't win another race for two years. Yes, <laughs> of course so, you didn't. And um, But I will say this, like that moment of when you're winning that race and you're surrounded with people that, you, that care about you and that you care about, to this day, I can honestly say it was one of the greatest moments in my life. Like I really cannot you can't even put in the words of what it what it felt like and how happy i was uh to experience that and then you know it was it was, it was hard i went a couple of years without winning a race and then um had a, a, another horse that um i ran at bay meadows and i remember uh my at golden gate i should say my wife and i flew up there to go uh watch the horse run horse was like 16 to 1 and and won for for Art Sherman, it was a great. It was just like a, a great day. But it's an incredible sport. I've I've witnessed, uh, experienced the highs and lows as an owner, and it's something I would want to do. It's just not. It's a. It's it's you know it's it's a lot of fun when your horses are running. <laughs> it's not fun when they're not running. It's just, and that's the thing, you know. It's like. And the other thing I found out was that ten thousand dollars. 
clamor costs as much to train a Zenyatta. Yeah, that's true. Wasn't, wasn't, you know. <laughs> the, no amortization of costs either. Yes. No, it's Michelle and I, Tony, we, we talk every week about just how hard this sport is. And you you basically summed it up in a nutshell right there. Before we go, and because I, I know it's late there and I know you got to get going and you have a huge weekend. Give us give us a, a, a one way. You've talked about uh, um, you know, media and we've talked about how we need more fans. What else? Give us one great Tony Alivato idea to to bring more owners into this game. I I think that we have to find a way. I just told you about my experience as an owner, and, and so I'm going to tie it back to media because that is my part of my expertise. But it's all a big a big picture. So for me, like that experience that I have, how do you capture that and let other people see that? because that's going to make people want to become an owner. And when I, my first job in television, I worked with Jim McKay, who was a legendary announcer on wide world sports. I was his researcher. I was 20 years old. And I remember him telling me that what he did, uh, barrel jumping for ABC wide world sports, which is literally on figure skates, jumping over barrels. He did it like it's some small town. In the that's amazing. And he thought it was like a complete joke. And when he got there, he, realized how big of a deal it was for the people that were in that sport and it made him realize that whatever he was covering from a television standpoint it was important that he treated it with a ton of respect well how this ties into horse racing is the race that i won i don't even remember the purse it's completely irrelevant right it was one of the greatest experiences of my life that's taking place not every race but it's having on happening on a regular basis how do we get that across to people how do we make coming to the racetrack as an owner a great experience as a winner or a loser if you win let's let's put those people on national television like let's interview them before the race i always tell my crew if you find out someone's flown out from california to come watch their horse race put them on on television make that part Mm -hmm. of the experience instead as racetracks because we are struggling to you know to, to make that bottom line, we've often had to like, you know, you, you can't give the type of service, the uh, level of service or concierge service for fans that you wanted, for uh, owners that you wanted to and make the experience as good as it could be. And I think that that needs to get better. We've got to find a way to tie it all together so that people want to own horses, whether they own 10%, 5% or 100% of a horse, whether that horse is the Kentucky Derby winner or it's that eight ten thousand dollar claimer that I had. They should want to go to the races, and they should know that it's going to be a good experience for them and the people that that they bring to the races as well. That's a that's so it's a, a long winded answer. Yeah, no, was, that's what I think we you know we need to do. It, it was without, perfect. Without the gamblers and without the owners, there's no sport, and and people need to people need to realize that. And you can't neglect I, either one of those. Well, I like how that's like even. I feel like a lot of people are either on the gambler side or the owner side. There's no, there's very few people that say like it's, it's kind of an equal mix that we need. I disagree. I think it's both. Hundred percent. I agree. I think yeah. it's both too. But Tony Alivato, like, oh, you got to treat the gambler. We're we're gonna let you get some sleep, rest up for this weekend. Huge day, both days. Friday's an amazing card at Belmont. Saturday, obviously, the Belmont Stakes and and Cody's Wish is running. I mean, so many good horses on the card. Enjoy yourself, my friend. I will be watching the Fox broadcast. Have a great time.
Yes, I'm just glad I didn't choke to death halfway through this thing. No, so, you're uh, good. You're good. Take care, guys. All right, that's Tony Alivato here on the Owner's Box. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back. The Owner's Box is brought to you in part by OBS, who sells more two-year-olds than any other sales company in the world. OBS two-year-old sales combined account for 14% of graded stakes placing since 2018. And their website is amazing. It includes the horse's pedigree, under tech video, as well as a walking video. A two-year-old buyer is not only buying the horse's potential, but also the expertise of every horseman who came before. OBS is truly an international marketplace. Horses have been purchased by buyers from 49 of the 50 United States, Korea, Japan, the Middle East, Hong Kong, Singapore, and Europe. Don't forget the next OBS sale comes June 13th through the 15th with the undertack running right now, June 5th through the 10th. And that is a 2023 two-year-old and horses of racing age sale. All right, back on the owner's box. Tony Alivato, good guest, Michelle. Last minute, we had some... Uh, I've been under the weather. And For you've bubbles. been and you've been and, and you've been traveling. It's just been a kind of a rough week. I know, but you know what? That was worth it. Yeah, it no, great. no, it was great. A lot of great insight. I hope people enjoyed that interview. And uh, let's do I our three things of note. I was going to be on the show, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> let's do our three things of note and uh, and get these people onto the Belmont. Okay, so just really quick, the first thing of note was certainly the fact that there's fires going on in Canada. There are these wildfires, and they have spread noxious gas all over you kind of heard us allude, allude to it in the interview um i am currently in elmont new york and it doesn't look bad at all it's nowhere near Good. what it looks like on the news so hopefully as we get into saturday this is going to be a moot point okay good okay pass that. um also just really quick there this there is a hard number there's a uh 200 meeting scale that 200 be going off of that's right so 151 to 200 they have to test the horses 200 and over they are canceling racing and right. 150 under is good to go and i heard okay. it's like 130 something yeah where so we're doing this. it's not bad right now okay i'll let you know what it looks like tomorrow morning thank you um the just a quick recap on some of the big races we had at santa anita this weekend the summer stakes and the affirmed the affirmed went to go rocket ride as anticipated with the scratch of skinner it was pretty much a walkover but he was impressive yeah, he was. He he has an interesting way of running. Like he throws his neck out. Like he's very aggressive, but he relaxed perfectly. I know that's counterintuitive, but uh, he's kind of a cool horse, and I think they're talking Haskell. Yes, they are. Uh, also, the Summer Stakes, which was a no. good field. Horses shipped in. It was a big field, and um, it's the summertime oaks. Yeah, it, summertime oaks, no? Yes. But I said the summertime. You said the Summer Stakes. Oh, sorry. But yeah, I'm not cutting this out of the. I'm mistake. not cutting this out of the pod. I'm just That's correcting fine. it. It's late. Uh, I've been traveling. So the summertime oaks, and I thought it was a really good race. Window shopping sat a perfect trip patiently under Hector Barrios and drew away for the win. So it was a Mano Mandela weekend. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, and then the third thing of note is that Churchill Downs has opted to move their remaining meat from Churchill Downs to Ellis Park. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just amazing to me. Meanwhile, we breezed horses there I think, this morning. I, I did, yes. So we're, we're still allowed to train at Churchill, and we're still going to work at Churchill. And we didn't cancel racing all weekend, but now we're going to move for some more in-depth analysis. So be interesting to see what comes of the analysis. Hey, safety first. That's all we can say. The yes. safety and health of the horses is the, the mo single most important thing in this industry. And if anybody can talk about it, it's us who, who are here in Southern California 
who uh, you know dealt with this way back in I think 2019. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not fun. Uh, no one enjoys it. We don't. We don't really enjoy talking about it. But it, but it happens. And uh, hopefully they will get it taken care of. I uh, want to mention what's coming up this weekend. Obviously, the Belmont Stakes. Billy, give me your top selection. You know, it's funny, Michelle. And, I, you know, I, I'm kind of glad we had Tony on the show because it kind of got me pumped up. I was a little malaise um, going into the Belmont. You know, there's no Triple Crown on the line. Um, I'm, I've been I watched a bunch of videos today uh, that were I watched one from Andy Beyer. Uh, who is finally, as a traditionalist, coming around to saying we need more time in between these races, which I thought was fascinating. I don't think we need more time between the races. Oh, on the record. I know, I know. But I'm saying okay. it was fascinating that him, as one of the ultimate traditionalists, said it today. Because, you know, the fields, you know, no one ran in the Preakness except, you know, Mage. He was the only derby horse that ran back. And hardly, and only a few of them are running in the Belmont. So it's like, what are we doing here? Uh, but well, that Belmont, a lot of horses don't run in just because of the. It is a far <coughs> distance, right? Yeah, it's like, a mile and a half. You like try the Derby because it has like prestige. But if you don't think your horse can get it, and a lot of Derby horses end up being milers, uh, no point in trying to run on Big Sandy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Angel of Empire. I, I okay. I, th I like the way you ran in the Derby. Little bit of trouble was really rolling late for third. I think the pace of this race, he won't be as far back. Uh, Pratt is riding as good as anyone. Brad Cox is due for one of these. And uh, obviously, um, the Albaugh family, uh, they're in these races every single year as owners. Uh, they, we've had them on the show. Uh, I, I think the horse is coming in, in into this race in great shape. And uh, might get a little bit of a price, too. I think he's probably going to be, what, third choice, fourth choice? Um, Maybe. So, uh, I, and my my nephew, Charlie, likes Angel of Empire. So I'm going with Angel oh, of Empire. Oh, I love Charlie. Yeah, he's the best. So Okay, so Angel of Empire was my derby pick. But yes. But since, like, January, I've been saying that National Treasure is going to win the Belmont. So now I'd feel stupid if I said he wasn't. But I also wasn't expecting him to win the Preakness. So <laughs> I had to stick with him. But, like, I'm kind of dismayed because, like, I right. never expected him to win the Preakness. Right. You have to stick with him now. Yeah, you're stuck. Yeah, but it's going to be I'm a great stuck. day of racing. We didn't really want to get into it. You've You've listened to all the shows. And all the predictions. Yeah, there's and, a gazillion graded stakes. There's Breeders' right. Cup winners. There's champions. It's going to be awesome. I think the Jaipur is a really cool race. Uh, Tony mentioned it. You have uh, Caravel. You have uh, Casa Creed, who's won the race two years in a row. Um, obviously, I mean, look, you've got Cody's Wish. Cody's Wish. With Dr. Scheibel shipping in. That's going to be a great yeah. race. There's going to be so much you, great racing. Yeah, it's going to be a lot fun. of fun. Enjoy it. Thank you, Tony Alvado, for coming on the show today. Thank you to OBS. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I have to tell you what's going on at Santa Anita. Oh, yeah. Golly. So if you can't make it to the Big Apple, yeah. uh, you can go to the Great Race Place. So we have the Wine Place and Show on Saturday. What which kind? Is I, want wine tasting, wine. Which is awesome. I want some wine. I want some wine. Wine Place and Show. And yeah. then uh, we also have a car show going on in the infield. That is more your jam. And oh. then on Sunday, Billy, I know you'll like this. And I'll be back for this. It is the Chili Cook-Off. I love chili. Wait, I had to let my dogs out. Who let the dogs out? I love the chili cook-off. I always go and I always taste at least five or six of the chilies. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, I do that every year. I believe it. That's it. That's, That's all it? There, is. there ain't no more. Do you have any horses running this weekend? Um, We've got two on Friday. That's tomorrow or today when people are listening to this. Give them out. Any yeah, live like ones? 
Uh, we've got Warriors Road. We claimed off Yachtin last time. Okay. But he was he was just a maiden claimer. I think he went shorter, and unfortunately, the only race that went for him on the grass was six and a half, which is what he went last time. And he got leg weary. So okay. this is kind of just like a race to keep him going to Del Mar. There's a five furlong race in Del Mar that we're aiming for. Nice. Very good. Okay. Okay. And then we've got a juvenile, but she's also, she needs to be, uh, I would look, there's a two-year-old Calbridge <laughs> Phillies juvenile race and it's split. And we got the absolute toughest freaking split with Mike McCarthy's horse pushiness, like a yeah. $120,000 Calbridge Cantharo. She's been working 45. Uh, our Philly for sure is going to be like a maiden 50. So but they don't write them. So she's just going to run. The other split of this race, I can't find a winner. So I wish we were in that leg, but we'll be uh, just coming in at some point behind pushiness. Okay. All right. Well, we wish you as always. You? you got anything good? Yeah, we got. Uh, I'm go I'm actually flying to Golden Gate tomorrow to go watch Swall, our Ghost Zapper Philly, run against winners, take to the grass, take to two turns, all for the first time. A three year old against older. Holy cannoli. Yeah, so I decided to fly up there. I'm going to go check her out and go see Andy Mathis. Um, having lunch with uh, David Duggan, who's the GM up there. And. Oh, yeah. uh, and it should be a fun day at Golden Gate. And then, uh, yeah, Comanche Country in the honeymoon on Saturday. Oh, very nice. I haven't looked at Saturday's PPs yet. Yeah, well, check her out. I will. I like the alien. The alien is the best. She's going to run a big race, and I think, on Saturday. the good news is no one has to clip her when she when it's summer. And exactly. Short. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, hey, thank you, Michelle. I know you're exhausted, probably. Get some sleep. Have a great Belmont weekend, everybody. Thanks to all of our sponsors and here on the In The Money Media Network. This is the Owner's Box. And if you need anything, reach out. Billy at LittleRedFeather.com. Uh, at on Twitter at the Michelle U at BKLRF or tweet the show at Own a Horse. We will see you next week. We have a very special possible guest next week, Michelle. Sounds good. All right, see you guys later.